Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Dalton Sanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson back, but in 14 days quarantine in the WLAU studios, (laughs) First Bank Studios in Laurel, as he is just back from India. We'll be sliding some food and water to you under the door, Luke, and uh, we'll let you out of the studio in 15 days. That's not good. (laughs) <laughs> it's not good to start uh, rumors like that, no, especially Luke, on my birthday. It okay, is your birthday. Your birthday. So yeah. there you go. So uh, Luke is back, forty years old today, and uh, back on the Eagle Hour. And Luke, we're glad to have no. you back. Glad that, to did be I, back. Did I get on that thirty seventh? Thirty seventh. Thirty seventh. Still three more years in my prime until we reach <laughs> Ooh, the top oh, of the mountain and the, and the downslide oh, begins. Okay. Boy, you ought to be glad Kelly's not here making a statement <laughs> like that. Anyway, we're glad you're back. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour. And, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their great meats and uh, other foods that they cook in-house every day. They'll cater any events. You want to cater a weekend at the Pete? Call Dickies. Uh, let Justin and those guys do the cooking. You just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ball game. Uh, Dickies Barbecue Pit, proud to have them on the Eagle Hour. All right, it's Monday. That means we uh, talked to baseball coach Scott Berry. Lots to talk about because the Golden Eagles, it seemed like to me, just played a ton of games, five games since last Wednesday. And, uh, Coach, I guess you're probably glad to be home and uh, maybe with the day off. Well, we are. I tell you, that was a that was a boatload of games that we had to play, and uh, you know, kind of navigate through. So glad that 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 uh, part of our uh, schedule has has come and gone. So uh, right. we move on, move on to a new week. All right, Coach. This uh, just broke. Got this from uh, Jack Duggan just before uh, I came on the air. That your right-handed pitcher Walker Powell uh, as Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. Another. I thought just outstanding of a complete game performance, and uh, you got yourself a you got yourself a baller in Walker Powell, don't you, Coach? Well, you know that's uh, that's the first I've heard of that news, so I'm glad to hear that uh, honestly, uh, because it was uh, I feel like well deserved and earned, especially after after facing McNeese yesterday and what they did to us yesterday. You know, it kind of puts in perspective how Walker you know held them at bay on mm-hmm. uh, on um, on Saturday night in that game, but. You know, he's, he's just all about consistency, uh, in all honesty, Bob. He goes out there and he really pitches. He defines the the uh, the meaning of pitching. He uses both sides of the plate. He uses an uh, arsenal of pitches and throws them for strikes. Was in very few three-ball counts. I think uh, the first three-ball count that he really got into was around the seventh inning of an eight-inning uh, uh, early Early uh, ending game on, on Saturday, so pitched great. gave our gave our team uh, a chance to win and, and keep the momentum, and, and never really let McNeese back in the game. How have you seen this kid change over the years that you've had him, Coach? Well, I think maturity wise, just being able to you know he's always had stuff, but 
that to be able to go out and consistently put it together and then mature-wise on the mound, I told his mom and dad after the game on Saturday, I said, you know, there were a couple calls that didn't go his way, but I never saw any kind of bad body language about disappointed he didn't get the call. I mean, it was body language and presence that, that you see in the big leaguer. You know, I mean, sometimes that call doesn't go their way. Uh, you got to make the next pitch, and that's what you got to focus on. And that's what I feel like that, that I have seen grow in, in Walker. Yeah. Coach, uh, doing my research before the weekend, I, I saw that you were playing a really good ball team in McNeese State, and uh, they had had a big non-conference win, I think, over LSU, if I'm not mistaken, earlier in the year. And you guys come out Saturday on their home field, and you just shellac them 10 to nothing. Uh, you know, yeah, against the, against their best pitcher, yeah. the lefty, uh, Dion, that really had great numbers. I mean, he was 21 over one strikeouts over walks. He had a 1-5 ERA. 171 batting average again. So, you know, um, you know, I told their coach after the game, and, and you know, he complimented the plan that we had against him, and just being able to uh, do what we did. And I said, well, you know, it'll serve it'll serve that young man good. You know, everybody needs to be punched in the mouth and learn from it, and uh, and you know, that's that's what's going to happen. So, hopefully, you know, of course, they returned the favor the next day, which was yesterday on us. So, hopefully, we will. Uh, we will learn from it as we as we move forward too. Right, I know you ten run them on Saturday. They come back win by ten on Sunday. And I heard you after the game uh, say there were some odd home runs in the game. What did you mean by that, Coach? Well, the wind was really blowing, and don't uh, don't get me wrong, it was blowing when we hit too. Um, you know, Chandler Best pitched better than what the line says. I thought that the kid had really made some uh, really uh, improvements from the prior two weeks. Uh, in, in his game, his presence, his control. They have a big, strong uh, club. You know, they were hitting, I think, 330 going into the tournament as a team. It's a short park. And that wind was blowing out. I think uh, I said two. Jack said three of the five were wind blown. And, and they were, but that's part of the game. And, and we had the chance to, to blow some out of there, too. We just didn't do it. And uh, give. Give McNeese credit, uh, you know they did, and uh, I was disappointed in all honesty when we were up five two and they hit us with a seven spot, made it nine to nine to five, and and that was still in the uh, I think in the fourth inning, and we had time and, and we came back and hit them for three to make it nine eight, but then we went right back out there and gave them another seven. So mm-hmm. um, you know we talk all the time about game of momentum, and, and if you lose it, you got to get it back, and if you get it back, you got to keep it. So. You can look at both clubs and, and, and use that scenario right there to to the advantage of each one of them and, and how to how to keep momentum and, and how to lose momentum. They're a good ball team, though, aren't they, Coach? They are. You know, they are, they're a regional team last year. They returned just about every one of their position players back from last year. Returned some starters. He said he was a little thin in the bullpen uh, this year, but he really likes his club and uh, pretty, uh, you know, basically the same club as he had last year, just a minus a little bit of depth in the bullpen from last year. All right. All right, Coach, earlier in that tournament, you beat Valparaiso twice. Uh, you beat them Friday afternoon, uh, and uh, you had got a good performance, pitching performance out of Tyler Spring. But I want to ask you about Gabe Shepard, who who pitched two innings, looked look like he was, you know, in control of the game, but you pull him. Is there – is uh, there any kind of a, an issue, any kind of an injury issue with Gabe Shepard? Well, I'll be updated later on. He did see a doctor this morning. I haven't heard the results yet. I've actually been out of the office watching my 
daughter play her first golf tournament. So oh, okay. kind of, you know, kind of that was the first time I've ever watched a golf tournament. So huh. I, I, I just got <laughs> back in the office. So they, I'm sure, will uh, tell me what what the doctor feels like. But having some discomfort in the back of his shoulder, and and this has been a couple of weeks, but during the week it seems to disappear and, and do well. So. I'm anxious to see what they what they found and, and what they think on him, but I don't know what moving forward if we're going to have to rest him this Friday. I would not; it would not surprise me if we if we didn't have to rest him. We probably need to. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, he had some discomfort with uh, with that shoulder on on Friday. Yeah, but Tyler Spring really really stepped up, retired twelve batters for you. He really did. Pitched well. I mean, he was down in the zone, really tilted it, had a great secondary pitch, and really commanded. Each at bat, so I was I was very proud of him and and for him being able to step in in that situation with uh, with Gabe not going deep in the game, having three more games to play after that one. So that was uh, that was really big for us. And coach, I want to take you back to Tuesday, the the game at Ole Miss, and, and it kind of goes back to pitching. That was a game, obviously very very close. Uh, one pitch late in the game gives them the lead that that they ended up winning by one run, but. I was really impressed with the uh, with the kids that you put on the mound. Young kids playing in a hostile environment against a really good baseball team, and I just thought they pitched really well at, up at Ole Miss. Well, I did too, Bob. I mean, we get one pitch, uh, you know, we leave it up a little bit, and Leatherwood, the pinch hitter, comes in, leaves yard, take the lead four to three. Uh, but you know, we going up there, we were kind of under the flu bug. I think we're. We're, we're over that now. Uh, at least I didn't see any signs or hear any bad reports over the weekend, so I hope it's made its way through our team and, and moved on elsewhere. But we were shorthanded, so uh, for, uh, the way our guys went up there and competed, I'm not into moral victories at all, but I was very pleased with how we went in and, and gave ourselves a chance to win. You look in that game, and uh, we had one defensive play that – uh, if we make that play, uh, then then we probably uh, get out of there without giving up any runs. As a result, they ended up putting a couple of singles together to to score a couple of runs, and then we left way too many runners on. I think mm-hmm. that game we left twelve men on to their right. three. So right. uh, even in the last inning, we had first and third with a tying run, less than two outs at third base. And their guy on the mound, he stepped it up and uh, and. Struck us out twice with two of our better hitters. So, right. uh, ball game, uh, set and match to, to Ole Miss. And, you know, we were right there. You know, could have easily won it, but we didn't. Yeah. So, uh, but you're right. I, I was proud of the way we competed. All right, Coach Phil, hang on. We've got Luke back from the Far East. We found him and we have him back in the Laurel studio, and uh, we'll get him engaged in the conversation with you as well. I don't have to sing happy birthday, do I? No, sir, you don't. No, we're not going to allow that today on the Eagle. (laughs) That'll work. All right, Luke Johnson, fresh from the Far East, and Coach Scott Berry on the Eagle Hour when we come back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Monday edition of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry. 
whose club just uh, well they got one more game to go, but just finished uh, five games on the road, go three and two, uh, have some good games, and uh, uh, get ready now to take on Mississippi State Wednesday night. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Our buddies down on Hardy Street have a great selection of Southern Miss baseball apparel. I checked it out just a week or so ago, and they've got all kinds of cool baseball shirts down there, window stickers for your car, everything you need to uh, look your best in the black and gold the next time you're at Pete Taylor Park. So Campus Bookmark and campusbookmark.net. Luke Johnson is back with us after a two-week hiatus, and he's, I'm kidding, he's not in quarantine, and he appears healthy and fit and ready to get back on the Eagle Hours. So, uh, Luke, Coach Scott Berry, all yours. It's uh, it's just a birthday present for me to be able to talk to Coach, uh, to Coach Barry. So, Coach, um, talking uh, pitching still, then I want to go to the offensive side. Ben Etheridge, a kid out of uh, West Lauderdale, Coach Boatner, had been up there forever. Um, he, he's been really good. He was a strikeout pitcher in high school, but, man, 21 strikeouts in 12 innings, and he struck out nine this weekend. Yeah, Ben has been a really, really great addition to our program and made an impact as a freshman. You know, in the fall, uh, he was a strike thrower then, but I think more than anything where his game has developed is, is the ability to land that secondary pitch to to get him off that fastball. But he has uh, he has very, very good uh, accuracy with that fastball. I mean, he can really spot up uh, both sides of the plate with it and has mixed the changeup in as well. So Coach Odds and him have worked really well. And uh, the future is, uh, is really, really good for, for Ben and for us. Offensive side, there's always a guy that um, you know you you enter a season, you, you you lose a bunch of bats, and we've seen this over the years. There's always been some guys that have always stepped up. New Gidry was going to be really good, but going into the season, coach, with 12 games in, did you think Charlie Fisher would be batting almost 400? You know, I didn't. I mean, I knew that he had the potential to do it. Obviously, we we hope that you know that he puts together really good at bats uh, when he's in the game, but. You know, he's been a guy that's every time he comes up, you know, I, I really feel like he's fixing the barrel, the baseball up, and, uh, you know, give us a chance to, to be successful. So, you know, hats off to, to Charlie. He only had 11 at-bats last year as a freshman. Uh, but, you know, he's come back this year and worked really hard on his game and, and has developed confidence. I'll tell you another thing, too. He's worked hard in that weight room, his body. He's transformed his body into – a good baseball body that enables him to, I feel like, to be successful, too, at the plate. You know, kind of uh, making him a little bit more loose and, and flexible, and, and which create which has created a real nice flat stroke that he has with the bat. Um, one, one more kid to ask you about uh, specifically. We talked Dustin Dickerson, and, and uh, his glove obviously was, was D1 ready, and he's shown that at shortstop. But, I mean, his bat, I mean, you look at him right now, he's batting 286. He's in that nine hole. It seems like that's where you love to put your shortstops in that in that nine hole. But at the same token, um, are you pleased with his bat so far um, through 12 games? Well, I am, but I know that there's more in it, and uh, he has the ability to uh, – to manipulate that bad head a little bit better to uh, to give himself a chance to be more successful. And that's that's kind of uh, where we are. That's just kind of learning as we go. But right now he's letting the barrel get it below his hands. Uh, you know, I've talked to him quite a bit about that. Try to keep keep it above and stay on top of the ball. A lot of his outs are balls that are in the air. He doesn't really need to be hitting balls in the air. So 
you know, he's learning more and more. Uh, you know, obviously the pitching is much different than where he just came from in high school as it is with most most freshmen. But, you know, his his number one tool that we need for him to show up day in, day out is, is certainly on the defensive side there at shortstop. All right, Coach, you're a dozen games into the season now, 9-3. and three. Uh, Look back from the start to your first dozen games, and if, if you will, share with our listeners uh, – uh, where you're happy, where where you'd like to see some improvement in your ball club? Well, I, Jack asked the same question on Saturday night after after the McNeese, the first game with McNeese. You know, was I surprised at that time that we were nine and two? And and I said, you know what, I I really didn't know what to expect this year because we had so many new faces. Obviously, we have some returners. But there are the majority of those, and I, and I look at that mostly on the on the position player side. They're mostly younger kids. Uh, the returners. I mean, you look at McGillis; he's just a sophomore. You look at Fisher; he's just a sophomore. You look at Lynch; he's just a sophomore. So your older guys are Montenegro, who's a junior, and Gidry, who's a senior. So, and then you plug in all around them, and you're looking at freshmen uh, and or new guys. So. There was a lot of unknown that I didn't know going into this this year. Fall will kind of sometimes um, give you a little bit of false reality because there isn't that that uh, variable of, of big crowds and the adrenaline and all of a sudden the, the game jitters that appear in the spring for the first time. But you know, to to kind of just move forward with your question, I, I'm. I'm pleased that we're at nine and three. Obviously, we would love to be twelve and zero. We practice every day to win baseball games and not lose them. Uh, but given everything that that we uh, have done thus far, uh, you know, we uh, we're, we're nine and three, and you know, I feel like uh, this is a, a very competitive group of young men that get along with one another, and uh, you know, they're not happy about yesterday's loss, which is good. They're not satisfied with it. There wasn't any any clowning around coming home on the bus, uh, you know, it, it hurt them to lose that game and certainly to, to lose the way we did. So if we can feel that hurt moving forward, being 9-3, I think we're going to win share of our games. All right, you're back on the road Wednesday night. You play Mississippi State. They're always tough. You know, they're always good. This year won't be any different, right? No, it won't. And, you know, we talk all the time, too, Bob. I know I've said this, and, and I mean it. I know it's state, but it's it's a baseball game that we're trying to win. Right. And, uh, you know, we don't want to make anything more of the game because of one opponent over another opponent. You know, the opponent is who you have to play. If you don't have an opponent, you don't play a game. So we have to learn to play the game and do the things that we can control to, to win that game. And uh, certainly all efforts will be exhausted to try to do that on Wednesday against state and uh but you know it's always uh it's always a great time and, and trust part uh, anytime mm-hmm. we can play in that venue have you decided who you're pitching coach really haven't no and it may you know it may be a, a bunch of different ones in all honesty as we get ready for little rock i know there's talk with the uh with all the weather up there that it may get moved to thursday in all honesty so mm. if that happens such uh that doesn't fare well for us Four right. games in four days, but it is right. what it is. So, I would imagine that we'll probably pitch several several people as we've got an all important weekend with Little Rock coming in uh, right. this weekend to play. Who's a former player of mine at Meridian that, that guides that. So, 
uh, they'll be they'll be really ready to go as well. So he he wouldn't be too excited about coming to the Pete and beating Southern Miss, would he? He would probably like that pretty well. <laughs> Figured he probably. <laughs> but he's, would. Uh, I tell you what, he was a great Chris Curry. He was a great catcher uh, for me at Meridian. He's a great coach. He's a great person, and uh, he does things right. So it'll be the first time that he and I have ever competed against one another. So that'll be fun. It'll be good to see him. Right, I got just a minute left. I want to ask you one kind of sideways question here, and it comes to my mind because you're going to uh, Trustmark uh, this week to play Mississippi State. You know, there's a, a, as you well know, a beautiful baseball park an hour south of us, down on on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. What goes into to to being able to schedule a couple of regular season games down there, Coach? Is that something you would like to see happen on the coast? Yes, sir. Well. You know, I wouldn't mind one. I don't want to get into too many neutral site games, in all honesty, because of RPI reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, uh, if we could play at Pete Taylor Park, I'd rather do that than anywhere. Uh, right. Just sometimes it doesn't happen that way, and and the guarantees that some of these places pay you and the opponent to come in and play, you can't pass those up as well. So, But there wasn't anything uh, talked about this year and us playing down at at Biloxi, uh, so you know where we have in the years past. But I don't mind playing a game down there, especially you know when when the conference tournament is is there. It kind of gives your team, the new guys, a, a, a kind of familiarizes them with with that venue. But it's not going to you know happen this year. I got you. Always fun talking to you, Coach. Uh, best of luck to you this week up in Jackson, and uh, we look forward to seeing you out at P. Taylor Park this weekend. Well, thanks for having me on, and happy birthday, Luke. There you go, Coach Scott. Thanks, Barry. Coach. I just want to let you know the uh, the Southern Miss app works well in Asia. So it, yeah. I'll just oh, let you know, I was cheering from you guys across the Atlantic. Well, <laughs> outstanding. I'm glad that it carries that far. So, good right. deal. Thank you, Coach. Coach yes, Scott Berry, everybody. Uh, Southern Miss baseball coach. Extraordinary guy, Luke. And uh, while you were gone, boy, they had a, they had a heck of a baseball game uh up in Oxford against Ole Miss. Uh, could have gone either way and played really well up until yesterday. But sometimes, you know, you, you you kind of embarrass a good team like McNeese State. They come out with a little fire in their eyes the next day. They, and, and we've been on the other side, the offensive explosion. But, you know, according to you, Bob, Ole Miss already has a regional scheduled, so we'll just be sure to get them. Oh, yeah. Them well, they're going to host. Right? There's no question. They'll, they'll, they'll host. Uh, We're just going to pencil that in right now and not have to concern ourselves with it. All right, when we get back, kind of a rough week for basketball. Pretty good week for softball. We'll update you as well on how things stand in Conference USA from a baseball perspective and see what our buddy's been up to for the last two weeks. All of that coming up next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, right next to the University of Southern Mississippi. Stop by and see our friends uh, Slade and, and everybody over there. Great lunches, eight ninety five every day. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and the non-quarantine WLAU 
studios in <laughs> downtown sure Laurel. Yeah, I just had to. You know, I did not say beautiful downtown Laurel. Uh, Non-quarantine shell. Now, be honest. Is Sheila today? hiding back in her office trying to avoid you when you came in the building today? The door is shut between the studio and her office, but the door is shut every day. So there's right. nothing. I She's can not wearing a mask away or anything, from that. Right? She's not wearing a mask. And okay. believe it or not. There was not an abnormal amount of masks uh, that were worn. When I landed in New Delhi two weeks ago, there was a big sign at Customs that mentioned something about the coronavirus. But, you know, there's... uh, Did you see a lot of that on airplanes, Luke, coming back into the country? I didn't really. I mean, to be honest, I had... uh, This is is what will let you know that I thought everything was okay. So... My trip was was one week before. Um, I guess we should have put this as fourth segment material. We'll roll with it now. But uh, our my, my trip coincided one week before President Trump uh, went went to India. So when when I'm getting on my plane, uh, I'm sitting. Thankfully, I got exit row on the big flight for 14 hours. I'm sitting next to a White House staff, and there's White House staff in front of me hmm. also. The guy that sat in front of me is one of the valets. When Trump hits that red button, you know, a nuclear weapon doesn't dispatch, but a Diet Coke does to his office. So <laughs> one of the guys that was sitting in front of me is one of those valet guys. And none of there was there was no White House staff on the plane with us that was wearing that. You know, and the and right. the leader of the free world is in the country. I felt pretty okay. That's right. Yeah. I felt pretty yeah. okay. All right. We're glad um, you're back, man. Anyway, we I'm glad to be back. I'll tell you a little more fourth segment. But men's basketball drops one yesterday to UTEP. Um, if you listen, I, I listened to the game and, and especially was uh, just listening to Coach Ladner talk yesterday. Bob, here's the long and short of it. They, have, they just don't have a bench. Um, one of the things that he was specifically talking about after the 75-56 loss to UTEP yesterday, because Malone and and McCoy were or are off the team right now or are suspended for the rest of the year because of the academic stuff, everybody knows that Gabe Watson's our only point guard. So they're just going to man him, and they're going to put somebody in to man him. And and the guy that the, the next guy they put in to to man up, you know, he really doesn't have to do much. His job just to stay on Gabe Watson. And so you, you've got. Basically, Watson and Drain and all these guys playing 40 minutes a game, and it's just it, down the stretch you you just can't do it. But Golden Eagles drop one on the road, 75-56. Um, they fall to nine and 20 on the year. Two more bonus play games uh, remaining. They got Rice this Wednesday in Reed Green, and then they get to play Middle Tennessee again uh, this coming Saturday. And and the way that the standings are. So the, the top 12 make it. The last two don't make it. Southern Miss is uh, one game behind Rice and UTEP. So they are in 13th place right now. They've got to basically win these last two in order to, to get into the tournament. Um, it's just the way it is. And, you know, it, listening to Coach Ladner yesterday, you, you felt like, you know, his number one job uh, from here on out is to recruit depth. Depth, 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 depth. You've, you're you're going to lose Harper Baker. You're going to lose Jack Donme. But you're going to have Drain back. You'll have Watson back. You'll have Stevenson back. Uh, Angel Smith will heal up. Kanatsik uh, will, will be back. So if they can get depth, because legitimately they're playing with six guys every game, and it just it, it just hasn't been good down the stretch. Right. Well, uh, ladies lose as well, Luke. Uh, they drop a, a pretty tough game themselves. 
Yeah, they are uh, they're just right in the middle of the pack. Really no danger for them not making the tournament, but 14 and 13 overall. You know, they got on that run. They they won a couple um in a, in a row and now they've dropped the last two. They lost to lost to UTEP also on Saturday 80 to 72. They've got Florida Atlantic at home and then they got UAB uh, on the road before the tournament begins on March um, the 11th. They've just been up and down, up and down and you're hoping uh, maybe they can uh, find something down the stretch. But, man, as hot as they started, conference play has really slowed them down some. Right. All right, back to baseball for just a moment. Let's update you on how, how things went down in Conference USA this weekend. Charlotte sweeps St. John's three games to none. Old Dominion wins two out of three against Yale. Western Kentucky wins two out of three against USC Upstate. I'm not really sure where that's at. Uh, Pepperdine sweeps Florida International three games to none. Louisiana Tech sweeps Maine three games to none. Tulane sweeps Middle Tennessee three games to none. Rice wins two out of three against Missouri State. Texas or Florida Atlantic rather played in a tournament over the weekend and did not fare well. They lost to Texas Tech seven to one and lost two games to Florida State five to one and sixteen to six. So. As the weekend, as the smoke clears, hear how the teams stand in Conference USA. All overall, though, a good start for the conference in baseball. Texas San Antonio is ten and two. Bit of a surprise there. Old Dominion eight and two. Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech both nine and three. Western Kentucky eight and three. International is seven and three. Florida Atlantic is seven and three. Charlotte is eight and four. UAB five and six, Middle Tennessee three and eight, Rice two and eight, Marshall one and eight. Overall, the league has won seventy eight games, lost fifty two in non conference play. So, it's fair to say I think that it continues to be the best overall sport in Conference USA. As you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight teams uh, starting out uh, after a dozen games uh, or so. Uh, with winning records and and all doing pretty well, really the uh, the worst of that bunch would be eight and four Charlotte. But you've got a ten and two team, an eight and two team, two nine and three teams, uh, an eight and three team, two seven and three teams, and an eight and four team. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, a pretty good start, I think, Luke, for Conference USA baseball. Yeah, Louisiana Tech specifically. If you look at what they've done, they beat La- they beat Louisiana Lafayette twice to to open the season. Um, they started off four and zero, dropped two out of three to Troy, but they put up sixty five runs on Maine this weekend in four games. Yeah, sixty five runs. Yes, it's Maine, but Maine is the team that beat Mississippi State in football several years ago. But still, sixty five runs. Right. So Lane Burris, um, they've got something out there. I think Old Dominion's going to be pretty good, also. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the The encouraging thing to me with with this bunch of Eagles um, is that you, you're not having to live off Montenegro and Gidry. I mean, Charlie Fisher's just been an absolute breakout. Lynch has started off a lot better. He's only two fifty five, but Dickerson is surprising me. I mean, Lebo was what? Lebo was in that nine hole. He was a two ninety hitter, right? You know, basically for the last two years of his career at Southern Miss. And Dickerson's batting like that. When you can get production up and down the lineup like that, and and again, I, I think if you can find one more hitter, um, Stanley or Davis. Davis has kind of been a liability at the plate uh, at the catching position, but but Stanley's batting you know mid three thirties. You've got to basically have in each three 
slots of the lineup. You, you got to have somebody that you can guarantee to get on. Um, and so that's encouraging because when you look at what some of these other teams at Conference USA are going to do offensively, you got to be able to match stick for stick. Right. As I told you during the break, I think you just got to have some of these younger pitchers who've looked very, very good. There's a good number of pitchers on the staff, young kids that have looked very good in their relief roles. A couple of them are going to have to step up. I think Gabe Shepard's uh, arm shoulder problems are a bit concerning. Uh, obviously, Walker Powell is very, very strong. But you got to find that second and third starting pitcher that consistently can go on the mound for you. And I think what maybe a little bit of what you saw yesterday afternoon was, you know, you're four games into a tournament and you've played four ga- four games over the weekend, uh, and there's just not that pitching depth right now. Uh, you know, to go that deep with starting pitching, probably a little bit of that on on both teams, but. Uh, I'm encouraged, Luke. I think the pitching staff looks very, very good. A lot of young, talented arms, and uh, they just need some more time. And uh, I think we're going to see a couple kids that maybe are doing some relief pitching right now we're going to see starting some of these uh, league games as the season progresses. Yeah, I think Etheridge for sure is is going to be uh, a guy that's going to take the hill on the weekend. If you're if you're just joining us, uh, Gabe Shepard reported by Coach Barry he had to go to the doctor today and waiting to hear back on that. Uh, apparently some some shoulder issues um, that he's experiencing. So if he doesn't throw this weekend against Little Rock, I bet Etheridge slides in there. But I was encouraged at what Coach Barry said about Chandler Best. I mean, this was a kid that we were uh, expecting a lot from, big strikeout pitcher. And, you know, Coach Barry talked about how Chandler actually pitched better um, than, than the scoreline indicated. So, you know, if you're out there expecting big things out of Chandler Best, just he's a freshman. I mean, he's been playing college baseball for, for half a month. I think he's going to be one of those guys that slides in and is able um, to contribute in, in the starting rotation continually down the stretch. Ock hasn't been the greatest to start off with. You got to feel like he's going to slide in there some, and you know, seen some things out of Tyler Spring and Matt Adams. I, I think there's a whole lot of depth there, um, even with uh, if Shepard is out for a few weekends. I think there's there's still enough there for the Eagles to get by before conference play. Right. Big big guest on the show tomorrow. We're going to tell you about that when we come back. So don't go anywhere. You want to know about this? Eagle Hour continues after the break. Southern Miss to the top. Toyota Hattiesburg brings you the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day, located online also, toyotahattiesburg.com. Check out all of their new certified and pre-owned vehicles, toyotahattiesburg.com, or on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Tennis. Uh, this weekend, men drop a uh, 4 nothing match to Troy. Uh, they fall to 6-4 and four on the year getting ready uh, this coming weekend uh, for a home stand against Jacksonville State and Mississippi Valley, uh, starting at 2 on Friday and 12 on Saturday. Ladies, on the other hand, out to a hot start, 9-1 and one 
Uh, defeat Jackson State, Alcorn State, and Troy this weekend. A total of eleven, uh, or I'm sorry, fourteen to one in matches. So, uh, congratulations to the women's tennis team, improving to nine and one on the on the year. Uh, softball, twelve and six, and uh, had a had a good weekend uh, this weekend. They, they go two for two, but uh, improved to twelve and six on the year. And Madison Rainer, who joined us at Fuzzies a couple of weeks ago, batting a cool four seventy eight. <laughs> Uh, ninth in the country, uh, and she has 24 runs on the year. She went three of four yesterday with two RBIs and a 10 to uh, two win over Alabama State. Lacey Summerlin also one of two yesterday. Hannah Borden with three RBIs. Summerlin batting 440 on the year. So, uh, Coach Brian Levan got his Lady Eagles off to a good start, and uh, this week. They will take on Alabama State Wednesday in Hattiesburg and then a uh, three-game series against Jacksonville State uh, this weekend in Hattiesburg. Yeah, they are off to a good start. Hit the ball very well. Uh, the kid you're referencing, all 100 pounds of her, is in the top 15 now of hitting in the country. So uh, I think a great, great start. All right, Luke, we got a really special guest tomorrow. My wife and I, had, by accident a couple of years ago, his senior year ran into this young man and his girlfriend uh, eating crawfish, of all things, one night in a restaurant. And uh, we struck up a conversation with him. He was just so polite and so nice and uh, talked to us for a while. Everything out of his mouth, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am. An outstanding kid. We're going to have Nick Mullins on the show tomorrow. And I tell you what. Uh, we were talking a little bit about him uh, last week. Uh, he's just doing fantastic with the San Francisco 49ers. Could probably start for some NFL teams right now at quarterback. But how fascinating is that going to be to to hear about this adventure from leaving here to becoming the backup quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, Nick Mullins. And being uh, being there for the Super Bowl, and you know, even last year, starting several games, and I would say this, you know, George Kittle, uh, George Kittle has become one of the best tight ends in all of all of football, and part of that is because Nick Mullins threw him the ball every down last year, you know. Mm-hmm. So you could it'd be interesting just to to hear Nick um, talk about you know the dynamics of that team. Of course, you know they obviously wanted to win the Super Bowl, but man, pretty cool not only to talk uh, to someone uh, that was in the Super. Bowl, but from a quarterback, you know, preparing for the biggest game uh, in in football, no matter what level it is, it's the Super Bowl. It'll sure be fun to have him. Right. We're going to be at Walk-Ons on Friday, and uh, calling in, we'll be talking to him on the phone, Cameron Tom, Southern Miss Center, and now a member of the New Orleans Saints. What's it like to block and practice and play with Drew Brees, so we'll be talking and we'll be live at Walk-Ons in Hattiesburg on Friday, and Cameron Tom will be joining us. So two NFL players this week on the Eagle Hour. Are you wearing your Are you wearing your Saints jersey to Walk-Ons Friday, Luke? I'll hoot at it up, yeah, for you sure, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Cameron Tom, center for the Saints, Nick Mullins with that NFC Championship ring. Don't forget about that. They may not have won the Super Bowl, but they won the NFC Championship, and uh, that's not a bad year right there. I can't hoot at tomorrow against Nick though because he'll no, uh, he'll just no. talk noise. Yeah, and he'll remind you about that game uh, between the two teams. But what a what a great uh, kid and uh, looking uh, very forward. All right, Luke. So did you see anything interesting or anything you need to share with our listeners while you were in India? Yes, I, I told my wife what I did. Uh, we. 
uh, we had a big conference, and, and I was teaching and preaching a lot at that. And then this last weekend, I was working with a partner in the Himalayas. Um, but uh, I, I was with a group of guys, and uh, a Monday a week ago, they wanted to do some kind of touristy stuff. They were on their way out of the country. I was moving to another side of the country. So we were in um, a city, and we actually rode elephants. Really? <laughs> which was a very, very entertaining part for me. Uh-huh. My elephant was 32 years old. And she was as slow as Christmas. And it was not because I was sitting on her at all. But anyway, they take you up, you know, uh, this, in this fort and it was, it was really cool. Uh, but I did something I thought I would never do. We, we came back down and we were on our way out, but there was actually, it's illegal now to do this in India, but there are actually some snake charmers. They pull the top off of a basket and there is a cobra sitting mm. there. Now, these cobras have had their fangs removed and so, you know, they're not a threat to you. They put the cobra on my neck, Bob. Oh, they really no, did. I, no, I no. almost to the top. No, ran away. <laughs> oh, oh, geez. Fangs, yes. no fangs. I don't want a cobra is, anywhere near me. This is some Indiana no, Jones I, stuff. I, I hate. I'm, I'm like Indiana Jones. I love adventure and I hate snakes. And to overcome a life fear, I, I let them do it. The thing wasn't wrapped around my, my, my neck or anything. They grabbed the head, but they put the tail and some of it on, and, and I faced my fears. Mm. So I, I feel pretty good now. But it was a great trip. Good. We're Greg, gl- glad to be back. We're glad you're back. I know your wife's glad you're back, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Luke is back. The Eagle Hour continues each and every day. We'll be back on the air tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Full crew here tomorrow. We hope you'll join us. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.